Welcome to the Conference Conversations Podcast, where we chat about any and everything that can help you grow mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally as an educator. As you join in on the conversation with Dr. Sarah Thomas, the founder and CEO of Edumatch, we want you to reflect on how we as educators build one another up to be effective in the classroom. Because when you as an educator are great at what you do, our students are great at what they do. For the next 35 to 40 minutes, we're here to keep you company. So get the students out of the room, grab a fresh cup of coffee, and tune all in. Because we all know the best conversations happen during your conference period. Sarah, thank you for joining us on Conference Conversations. So for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. So um, my name is Sarah Thomas, and I am a regional technology coordinator um, in a large school district in Maryland. I am also affiliate faculty over at a university in Maryland. So that's uh, that's a fancy way to say adjunct. So I do a couple classes for them. And um, in addition, I'm the founder and the, uh, I guess, CEO of EduMatch. Yes, yes. Thinking back to uh, what's your role now um, and thinking back to um, that first time you had like a conversation in the conference room, um, but not just the like the conversations that you have where you were talking about students and talking about parents and all those kind of things, but really the 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 time in the conference room where you shared with a colleague something that was uh, bothering you or something that was stressing you or something that you had on your mind and that colleague gave you some really like solid advice that you could implement and uh, put into practice uh, in your profession as an educator? Mm, That's a good question. So, (laughs) all right, I've been teaching now or I've been in education for 15 years. So, when I started, it was 2004, and it was a very different world than it is right now in 2019, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the thing is that I came from alternative certification, like I did my, um, my undergrad in radio, TV, film, and um, I did a lot of, um, I would say, a lot of my learning was that very first year, and I, I think that that's the case for most people, regardless of what path you take. Um, and so, so the question that you asked, I I think it's very interesting. I'm trying to decide what slant to take on it because a lot of the early conversations, I don't remember too much, but the one that does stick out in my mind, Mm -hmm. um, Mm kind of drove me to where I am today because yeah, that, that very first connection, um, where, where I kind of left it all on the table then okay. come to find out it was to the wrong person. <laughs> it was to the wrong person. And so, you know, trust is very important um, right. when you have your colleagues <laughs> and when you are, when you're connecting with people. So my early experiences, you know, I did a lot of growing on the job. Um, there were, there were some difficult times, but I, I stuck in there and eventually I found my footing and I found my ground and um, I I really love, you know, I love what I do. I loved it even back then through the hard times. Um, But those feelings of isolation kind of led me to 
jump more so into the connected space um, mm -hmm. where I could connect with people from all over the world, all over the country and build that trust and, you know, just, uh, just learn and grow from one another. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some people along the way who were um, very beneficial. And um, especially when I started working at my, I want to say, oh my goodness, I was in four schools the first five years, believe it or not. Four wow. schools the first five years. So there were some very, very helpful individuals. Um, but, you know, it took a lot of moving around until I finally found my footing in that, I would say the fourth school and then that, that fifth school. Um, okay. So, yeah, but, uh, but really what drove me to connect was those early feelings of isolation. Cool, cool. You, um, you kind of touched on something that um, reminds me of my first couple of years as an educator um, of those different like phases that that new teachers uh, go through um, when they are you know first getting into the profession and um, you know you you hit those peaks and those valleys and mm -hmm. you know by like November you're like man can I really do this am I really <laughs> is this <laughs> is this yeah. really it uh, and then <laughs> December rolls around and you're like, okay, I got a little break. I made it first semester. And then you get into second semester. You're like, okay, all right. Uh, you're either good or you're not good. And so mm -hmm. yeah. um, you kind of, kind of talked about how you kind of dove all in uh, mm -hmm. and that kind of drove you to be connected with other uh, educators. So how would somebody develop their own, uh, their own PLN and then um, how, how, can they use a PLN to grow uh, their own learning? Absolutely. Well, a PLN, I would say those three little letters, they, they changed my <laughs> whole life pretty much. Um, <laughs> and in terms of how to get started, then it's all about just, just jumping in, just doing it. Like my own story of, of connecting, I was at a conference, I saw people were connecting around a hashtag and I wanted to jump in a conversation, but my Twitter account I was using to interact with Flavor Flav, Brett Michaels, everyone on VH1. So I was just like, these people yeah. are not going to take me seriously. So right. scratch, <laughs> brand new Twitter account. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I just jumped in the conversation. And, um, you know, I just, I just really um, found a lot of people who were very supportive and very willing to share in their learning. And just really built from there, you know, um, Twitter chats. I found out about that soon right. afterwards. And yeah. uh, they were putting out calls for proposals. So I started really getting into the whole presenting thing. And I mean, really, like in terms of who to connect with, um, mm -hmm. I would say as many people as possible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like, I mean, and, and that's kind of a controversial statement. There's some people mm -hmm. who disagree. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I found it to be very beneficial um, to hear, you know, as many different perspectives as I can. I've gotten very close with, with folks from, from all over the world. Like I have a very close friend in the Philippines and we used to talk every morning on Voxer. And I wow. mean, this is like a Twitter connection. So I mean, there's, there's just so, so much on Twitter and on Voxer and on Facebook and anywhere that people are, you know, already, then there's probably a network of educators there wanting to connect. So, yeah. You know, when you, uh, when you say PLN, what comes to mind to me is not professional learning network, but professional professional love network Ooh. for educators. Um, and what I, what I mean by, because 
So I went through Auxert too. And so I started my teaching career back in about 2010, 2011. So mm -hmm. I was new to the DFW area, new to a classroom, and mm -hmm. I did not know what I was doing. Like mm -hmm. I spent two weeks in the summertime sitting in an auditorium and that was me learning how to be a teacher, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. And they, so they threw me in a so classroom. <laughs> and they threw me in a classroom. So um, turned into was me being vulnerable mm -hmm. and finding those people to connect with and saying, hey, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and I need help. Can somebody help me? Yeah. And yeah. from there, I had people who embraced me, who loved on me, who took me in as their mentor. And, I, and now I have to give Miss Fitzer, Miss Fitzer, if you're out there, shout out. She uh, <laughs> was a little old retired teacher who brought me Starbucks coffee every day wow. um, and nice brownies. <laughs> and That's nice. She was my, yes, she was my, my, my mentor. And I don't think I would have survived that year without her or mm. without two of my other uh people who they well one was a, a coach and then the other one she was a, a new teacher as well but she had went through an education program and mm -hmm. so my plc or my pln turned into a professional loving community or a professional mm -hmm. loving network where they kind of brought me in brought me under their wing told me everything was going to be okay and mm -hmm. helped me in that sense learn and grow as an educator. Um, so in your opinion, what do you think is the purpose and the benefit of a PLN? And how has your personal PLN helped you grow as an educator? Oh, man. So the benefits, um, I mean, there, there are so many benefits. Um, if I were to list them all, we'd be here all night. But <laughs> <laughs> I would say when I first um, connected you know, from that conference, then um, the very first thing that I noticed was that people had all kinds of ideas that they were throwing around. Like, this is what I do with my students. This is what I do with my students. So I lurked for a while, you know, not too long because I'm one I like to jump in. Like, you know, I don't like to sit on the sidelines for too long. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, ideas that they had and they were talking about, oh, you know, I use this strategy with my students. So I would start that um, with my students. Not, you know, that very first year, one lesson I learned is that you cannot like overhaul every single thing <laughs> at one time right. because yeah, you can't try every single thing you see on Twitter. By that next year, I kind of found that balance as to how to, um, how to integrate the stuff with um, the different things that I found online, but still keeping my own and um, also getting feedback from the PLN. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I first started, like with the, with the whole blogging and getting feedback on that. Um, and so, so that's what brought me there. Um, what kept me there was the connections I made with people. Um, it's, it's just something that's, that's incredible. And I mean, if, if we were to go 20 years in the past um, and try to explain this to ourselves back then that you might like, mm -hmm. Talk to somebody on a device like all day long. And when you meet the first time face to face, you are eating dinner at their home with their family. You know, right. like that, <laughs> that sounds like crazy, but I mean, that's the reality. That's the reality because just the, um, the connections are just incredible. And I mean, it, it, I, I love what you were saying about the professional loving network because, you know, it's love there. It's, uh, it's support. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a place, it's, it's a place where we can all connect to, to learn from and with one another. 
You know, I have to, I'm writing this down right now. But uh, <laughs> you said that it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't what brought you there. It was what yes, kept you there. Yes, it was there. kept you there. Yeah, and, I, took, I wrote that down too. Yeah, yep. and, and that's sticking out to me because you hear like a lot of, you, you hear in the educational world and on campuses, oh, you need to connect with a PLN and you need to get mm -hmm. in to your uh, a PLN and establish a PLN. And you can bring yourself to a PLN, but it seems like it's the relationship component of a PLN that mm -hmm. is going to keep you there. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of educators now who they, they don't want anything to do with the PLN because they, they have it synonymous as a PLC, and we'll talk about that, but why do you think it's essential for every educator to have a PLN? from the new educators to the old seasoned educators and not just in their local school, but a right. global PLN. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, that it makes sense to, to have that network because I mean, that's like your focus group that you carry around with you. You know, you can bounce ideas off of, um, individuals. And I mean, like it's, it's, it's a different dynamic. I would say, I mean, I love my local people, you know, my work fam, they are, they are my people. I love them forever and ever. Um, but there's something about talking to somebody who not so long ago was a stranger, you know, <laughs> and now you, you, you've established this rapport because I mean, for, for one thing, um, going way back to what I was talking about that very first year where, where I felt isolated and I had, um, some interactions that weren't so great with my colleagues, you know, where they, um, they would kind of go and, and repeat stuff I said when I was trying to blow off steam, you know, because mm -hmm. people get frustrated mm -hmm. and need to vent sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but, you know, if, if, if I vent, you know, and, and I have that trusted friend who's not in my school, not in my district, then, you know, they can sit there, help me brainstorm solutions. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I don't have that, that fear that, oh, you know, somebody's going to run and tell everything I said, you know? So, I mean, not that, not that people like say messed up stuff or anything like that, but you know, like sometimes when the frustration, you just need to get it out so that you can get that out of your system. Look at the next day, what's ahead, what can we do differently, you know, and having just an infinite, infinite number of thought partners um, mm -hmm. in that journey is just so incredible. Okay. And I, I like that because, um, you talk about the energy mm -hmm. and uh, how you, you had situations where you would try to be vulnerable in a PLN and it take back and run here and there. How do you, how would you suggest that someone looking to start a PLN, where do they start? And then for those who have their guards up, how can they put some practices in place to safeguard or protect their PLN? Right, right. So I would say for anybody who's starting out, um, if they're already using social media, then try to start there. Like try to connect with someone um, in their school or, or district who might already be doing it because there's usually somebody, you know, at, at most schools who's already, you know, jumped on board. I forgot what they said that the statistic was nationally. It wasn't very high. I want to say it was under 10%, but still, like, if we're working in a school with 30 educators, then statistically speaking, three of them are going to be on. So find those three people, mm -hmm. ask them um, who they connect with, where do they connect, can you help me, can you guide me, um, and, you know, they can probably offer some suggestions. Uh, in addition, I'll throw some out as well. So 
um, a little bit of a shameless self-promotion, um, Edumatch. <laughs> Edumatch is a great um, yeah. network to connect with, with folks. And if you go to our site, edumatch.org, there is an awesome table of Edumatchers where people have filled out a form. Um, there's about maybe 1,300 right now. And Ooh. yeah, and it's, there's more than that, but I need to update it real talk. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to yeah. get to doing that. But, um, but they have broken down their interest. Um, they put their social media up there and they've all self-selected to be in there. So they're looking for people to connect with them, to contact them. Um, so, so that's one way. Um, I know that Flipgrid also has uh, Grid Pals, so that's another way to meet educators. There's so many PLNs out there. You know, I can't give a shout out to all of them, but I mean, <laughs> there are, there's just, I mean, all of the networks that are out there. It's just amazing now, um, you know, in 2019. Um, I also put one more plug in for EdCamp Voice. So if anybody uses the Voxer app, then um, a great way to meet a lot of people at once is EdCamp Voice coming on December 23rd, um, where it's an EdCamp um, where you can literally be in all the rooms if you want to. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but you know you can um just you know when you sign up then you'll you'll see the rooms as they populate and you could just join as many or as few as you want and from the second you join the room that's as far back as the conversation goes so i would recommend anybody join early uh so that they can get most of the messages and just catch up on their convenience because the conversations continue you know there's there's um maybe one or two groups that started with us in December of 2015 and the conversations are still going. So, you know, that's, that's one way to just kind of, uh, what's, what's the word like, uh, peeling in a bottle <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, a, a new educator may find difficult and find uh, hard to do is, like when you mentioned earlier, you know, finding that person that you can actually share with and you, you, you know that, okay, if I share something with Sarah or Alexis, it's going to stay there. Right. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you, how do you start that to build that trust uh, and then like increase that trust uh, among your PLN? Absolutely. So that trust, it's built over time. So there's no, there's no trust in a bottle solution for that. So, I mean, just like our relationships that we have face-to-face, -face, um, it's the same thing with our PLN. Um, now, there's different platforms that are out there. Um, one that my very favorite one is called Voxer. And one of the reasons that I love Voxer is because you get to hear people's voices and mm -hmm. you also get to have, you know, large group chats with up to 500 people and also those smaller one-on-one -on -one conversations. So it's just a matter of time, um, building that collect connection, getting to know people, um, like a 360 view of the person, you know, getting to know their likes, their interests, about their family, um, you know, getting to do that um, maybe in a small group or even in a large group if you're in there long enough. Um, and just sticking to it, you know, um, it, it, 
with the PLNs, people come and they go as, as life ebbs and flows. Um, but being consistent is definitely one thing that I've noticed that has uh, made the biggest impact for me. I can tell when I step away from a group and when I come back, then it's, it might be a little off for a while until, you know, that, that chemistry comes back. So, um, so I would say that there's not much difference, um, with the online spaces. There is, um face to face but it's all about just aiming for the deeper connections as opposed to the surface level ones where we're just like hi how are you oh i'm good mm -hmm. what do you teach i teach this what do you teach oh i teach that oh what do you think about x y and z i think this oh cool okay have a great day you know and a lot of times right. that's where the conversation starts and stops but it needs to go deeper than that and it needs to be a consistent basis so building that relationship um, it's, it's going to take time. There's no quick fix. And, um, you just, you just really, how do we take these deep connections then and make sure that our students benefit from them? You see them and you see these connections happening, but then are these connections self-serving? Are they actually going back into the classroom? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. And one thing that I've found from these connections, I'm making connections with people that I would have never like on paper, um, thought this is going to be a close friend of mine. You know, if, if you look at, if you look at people on paper, just like, you know, kind of listing them out, they might think differently. They might look differently. They might be in a different part of the country. Mm -hmm. And when, when these deeper connections are built, um, I feel like it gives just, you, you really get to understand why people think about certain things the way that they do. And we're able to have deeper conversations and these conversations are the ones that that a lot of times people are afraid to have when they don't have that relationship in place um and when we when we have these conversations these are the conversations that are actually going to change things you know and when people can get together um and and connect and collaborate um for you know for that grassroots movement um so that we can so that we can fight for our students together that's awesome. I love how you, you know, kind of capsulize that, you know, we are all here uh, to fight for our students. We are all here um, doing the job of education to benefit our students. We're, we're learning, we're growing, we're reaching out, we're learning from others. Hey, what's working in your classroom? Oh, wow, I need to, maybe I should try something similar to that. It, it made me think about something, what you were saying as far as the grassroots and doing necessary work and our students benefit. I think it also, it, for, for me, having the people that I've connected with through my PLNs and through social media has allowed me to see the world through a different lens, mm -hmm, you know, because mm -hmm, even as mm -hmm, educators, mm -hmm. we isolate, we, we're human beings. Yeah. So yeah. we isolate ourselves from, we, we deal with the people that we want to deal with. We, we talk <laughs> about what we want to talk about. We right. listen to what we want to listen to. We believe what we mm -hmm. want to believe but we have students who come into our classrooms who don't listen to what we listen to, who mm -hmm. don't talk about what we talk about, who don't believe what we want to believe, and we have That's to true. educate that student. So mm -hmm. I think one of the benefits that I've gained personally is just being able to try to understand the way I view the world mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the perspective of someone else and taking that into the classroom to say, okay, maybe my students don't see X, Y, and Z this way, you know, or, right. you know, like me, mm -hmm. I'm big on culturally responsive pedagogy and making mm -hmm. sure that I meet the needs of my minority students in the classroom. But then one, one day this light came on and said, hey, you're meeting the needs of your minority students at the expense of your non-minority students, and you need to check that. Mm 
Like if, if mm. you're going to be an effective educator, you have to educate all students. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of made me think about that when you were talking about grassroots and, you know, connecting with educators and doing the necessary work that we need to do. Absolutely. I love what you were saying with that, um, about how, how it also gives us insight into what our students are, are thinking and feeling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's get back and talk a little bit more about uh, Edumatch. What inspired you to create Edumatch? Ooh. What is it? What? <laughs> Tell us all the good stuff. Yeah, you got to give us the whole rundown on it. Okay, okay. Well, Edumatch... Okay, from the very beginning, I've been telling everybody it's not a dating site, so it's not, <laughs> it's not Match.com for educators. Um, <laughs> but pretty much what it is, um, it's, a, it's a worldwide grassroots network of educators and of, I mean, really of all stakeholders at this point, connecting, learning, growing together. I mean, we, we involve parents, we involve students. Um, so, so it's really just a global network of learning, um, at a grassroots level. And so it started in September, 2014. So we just had our five year anniversary, which I actually missed because I was out of town and I didn't even realize that it was five years. I would have made such a big deal about it, but, but really I was just, um, I was sitting on my couch one day and I was on Boxer with one of my friends in Texas, um, Rafrans Davis, and we were talking about gamification in the math classroom. And I mean, Uh gamification, that's like one thing that I'm really passionate about. I was even more so passionate about it back then than I am now. Um, Uh But we were talking about it and I'd remembered um, that about a month prior, I'd gone to Haiti um, and my cousin was there and he gave me a book because he used to be a New York City math teacher. And he was talking about fantasy sports in, um, in his math classroom. So I said, okay, you know, there should be something that introduces people um, who have these similar interests. Like for example, you and him could connect um, and you could connect with this other mutual friend of ours, who, um, Chris Aviles, who, was, who is still huge in gamification. And um, to see, you know, see what emerges from the conversation. So um, at that point, then I was just like, okay, you know what, let me just go ahead and set something up. So uh, let's just see if this works. So I looked um, first to see if there was anything like that. And I mean, there were Twitter chats, there were Voxer groups, things like that, but there wasn't anything that pretty much said person A, meet person B, meet person C. So mm-hmm. at that point, I uh, set up a Twitter account and I tweeted out what I wanted to do. So there was someone in Australia who said, okay, you know, I'll be your guinea pig. And I was just like, yeah, all right, cool. So he told me about himself. I tweeted it out over a 24 period or a 24 hour period. And at the end of the day, I asked him how did it go? And he's just like, oh yeah, I met all these people. You should keep it going. So at that point, I created a Google form and a website. And as people signed up, like that first weekend, 10 people had signed up. Um, by the end of the month, I want to say we had, I don't know, maybe 50, something like that. Um, and it just kept growing and people kept bringing their ideas. Um, Justin Schleider had said, hey, you know, we're in this boxer group for this other thing that you're doing. So why don't you have a boxer group for Edumatch? And I was just like, yeah, why not? And so mm-hmm. from there, you know, people had more and more ideas. Um, you know, Tammy Neal, um, Amanda Lanichek, they suggested doing the podcast a tweet and talk so uh we do that um they also suggested an ed camp and i mean 
at one point, um, we started talking in a group about bucket lists. Like, what does everyone want to do before they retire? And people were saying, I want to write. I want to write. So at that point, um, I was just like, okay, well, let's let's try this out and see what happens. So um, that's when we started doing collaborative books um, where people from around the world would submit a chapter on whatever they were teaching or learning that year. Uh, which is what we call EduSnap that comes out every year. We're having our fourth one coming out December 30th of this year. And um, after a few EduSnaps and uh, a, a random cookbook, which was so much fun. <laughs> 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 and at that point, people were saying, okay, you know, um, would you consider doing like a solo book? And I said, oh, okay, well, let's try it out. So Dean Ganey with was our very first person um, to do a solo book, Journey to the YNU, back in April 2018. And I mean, from there, we've just kind of grown. I want to say now we're probably close to 25 projects that we're, um, that we have launched already. Um, I want to say, let me see, as of the time of this recording, I'm sure that this is going to go out a little later, but um, we're going to drop a book uh, tomorrow, Edgy Magic 2. And so, you know, it's, coming fast and furious and alexis has a book absolutely and it's it's so funny because it's that connecting people to connecting people to connecting people mm-hmm, that got mm-hmm. me to EduMatch family and it was you know i'm, I'm not going to talk about the conference day that was like the oh i was having a breakdown on 6 35 because i was running late to my presentation and i was like <laughs> nine eight months pregnant and i was like okay i'm not even gonna stay but you know what i'm just gonna go and i'm gonna present and i'm gonna leave mm-hmm. and um when i was walking out the door I ran into Martine and I started talking to Martine and she's like, you know, what are you catching up on or what are you doing? And so I started telling her about, oh, I, I wrote this book and, and I'm, I'm just going to self-publish it. And this and she's like, well, check out them, you know, check out EduMatch. Let me know what you think. And so I went home and I checked it out and I was like, okay, I'm not going to let her know what I'm thinking. I'm going to submit my stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because she told me about you, I think that same day, she's just like, I just, I just saw this lady. She has a great story and everything. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Wow. She was so excited. So. And so the vision, the vision is coming to life. So how has EduMatch changed or grown from yes. the vision? Yes. Ooh, okay. So at the very beginning, then I was not taking it seriously at all. I put together like this really ugly logo because I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, but that gonna... logo caught on though. <laughs> it did. Well, you know what? Somebody uh somebody actually redid it for us because it was yeah. oh, you saw that first logo? Oh, <laughs> it was like a heart with a lightning bolt through it. I did it on Google Drawings. It was so crazy. <laughs> I didn't think it was like a dating site. That's why I have to I had to kept on clarifying that it was not a dating site because it looked right, like right. logos. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's really grown beyond my wildest expectations. Um, even when I saw that people were starting to respond to it, then I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, this is cool. We'll do this little thing on Twitter where we tag people and you know keep it moving, call it a day. But I mean, you know, as people brought ideas, then it's just like, okay, well, let's explore it and see. And I mean, like, even now there's stuff that, oh my goodness, there's not enough hours in the day for everywhere that we're trying to go, but uh, yeah. definitely <laughs> looking to pivot, to expand, to to continue doing, you know, what's working and, and also looking into some new um, avenues as well. 
You know, I know I find myself having to set like a, a Saturday aside. And I mean, it's a good Saturday. Like I'll get up Saturday morning and I'll go through the boxer group and just sit and listen to all the good stuff that is going <laughs> on and, come, and coming out of there. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I got my whole when I return to the classroom list going on. Like, okay, oh. I did. did I not consider this? Oh my God, this is, you know, just some, some great, great stuff. So if somebody came to you on their conference period looking for a piece of advice to help them throughout their educational journey, what would that piece of advice be? I would say to find their people um, as soon as they can. Um, you know, find, find those people that you connect with. Um, start building those relationships sooner rather than later. Um, I have... I can't even remember who originated this quote, but someone, someone said this and it always stuck with me. Build your PLN before you need it. And mm. yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Um, I mean, there are people who are, I mean, it's, it's changed their whole, their whole entire trajectory of their lives, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is, this, is, this is serious. This is teaching in 2019. And, you know, definitely... Um, definitely i would i would say to to find their people to begin networking and you know to um to also hold the door open um whenever they can as well you know so Ooh, i like yeah. that yeah hold yeah absolutely so marquise what what about you if if it wasn't me if somebody was coming other than me right on your conference because <laughs> you've given me so much so much advice so much wisdom but what what is that little piece of advice that you would give somebody um so as i listen to you guys kind of talk about your passions and books and things like that one of the things that kept i kept seeing in this thread of the conversation between y'all and it kind of goes along with uh, you holding the door open for somebody else uh, one of my mentors told me, he said, you know, I'm mentoring you, but who are you mentoring? Mm -hmm. And I, I thought about that and I was just like, wow, like not anybody, like right now, like there's no one. And so um, this young guy, uh, you may, uh, Alexis, you probably know Kevin Cooper. So okay. he is just now starting to become an assistant principal. And so uh, he's been asking me questions and, you know, we're meeting up and we do coffee every now and then. So he and I have developed a good bond. And so although I'm like still within my first year of administration, so to speak, like the actual title of administrator, I'm reaching back to him to say, hey, here's here is something that I'm working on. Hey, what are you working on? Hey, let's connect because your kids feed into my school and and all of that. And so my advice uh, to a educator is kind of find that person, not only who's going to mentor you, but who you can kind of reach back and say, hey, um, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm doing. Hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you think about me trying to do this? So you got to have somebody who you can really um, bounce those ideas off of somebody who you can be straight with and somebody who's going to tell you, no, that's not good. No, don't do that. Like, <laughs> oh, that accountability is important. Right, though. exactly. Um, <laughs> so. and, and I think, can, can you still have that accountability, though, with a, a global network? Do you guys think that that's even possible? Mm, I think so. I think so. I have, um, 
you know, I definitely have some of my friends who keep me in check <laughs> globally, uh-huh. you know, but I mean, like they're, they're accountability. Twitter check you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Send you a text on the side. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you, I think one of the things that, um, you know, I, I would say is being vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. being willing mm-hmm. to say, okay, if I'm going to let you in this, this circle that I'm developing, this network that I'm mm-hmm. developing, that I'm mm-hmm. willing to take the walls down and take the the layer, you know, even if mm-hmm. that comes to, because the, the personal affects the professional, right? right. So mm-hmm. I think that even if that comes to me sharing with you personal struggles that I'm going through, that personal will always lead back to the professional, you know, like, mm-hmm. so one of the, the people that I've met and I've connected with is Melody McAllister. Oh, and, yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, I, I met her, met her through the Edgy Match family and she's been very, very supportive this whole time. But I found myself when I had just had Benjamin and this is baby number four, I was really struggling as, you know, just really struggling emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I connected with her because here she is, a mom of five. And so I'm like, okay, can you help me process this? And so we were in the boxer group every morning and just giving each other encouraging words. Well, then we started talking about this and then this led to this, but then it came back to the classroom because I was like, okay, well, if I was feeling like this about my own kids, mm-hmm. how was I handling and processing this when it came to educating someone else's child, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think that that vulnerability, even if it comes down to you letting somebody in your PLN into your personal life, that mm-hmm. you'll still walk away with some nugget or some truth about yourself that will help you grow as an educator. And so, yeah, that, that was just one of those, those eye-opening things for me. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank now, you. as we thank wrap you. up, um, how can people, our listeners, keep up with you and the amazing work that you're doing? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been just so awesome and I'm honored to be the first guest. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So yes. before you exit, drop that Twitter handle. Tell us how we can keep up with you, where we can stalk you at. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I am at Sarah the Teacher. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Voxer. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Periscope. All the places with that. Oh my God, how do you oh, keep yeah. up with all of this? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, and if somebody was looking to connect with you face to face, where can we find you at? Where, where do we go across the map to find you at? Oh, I am in the DC, uh, Maryland, Virginia area, also known as the DMV. I live in Virginia and I work in Maryland. So I get that nice. Nice commute. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for yes, uh, joining yes. the first episode of Conference Conversations, where we're talking about what you're talking about on your conference period. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate oh, thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you for you. coming. We thank appreciate you. it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the conference conversations podcast with our guest dr sarah thomas we hope that you've been encouraged to connect and collaborate with other educators of similar interests educators who learn together grow together and truly impact their students 
If you'd like to reach out to Sarah, her contact information is in the show notes. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our next conversation with Dr. Will as we talk about financial literacy and monetizing student talents. Because we all know the best conversations happen during your conference period.